The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. We do have breaking news today, and you're the guy that's behind this. Over to you, Moose. We're going to Montreal. Ta-da! We are taking our show on the road. Thursday and Friday, we'll be on the air from, uh, from the Stanley Cup Finals. How cool is that? Yes, live Thursday, Friday from Montreal, downtown Montreal, in advance of Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Final. We will be there live. This is the Rod Peterson Show. What the heck is happening on the Capital Auto Mall and Universal Collision Center? Daily poll question. I know PJ Morris is anxiously anticipating this. My good buddy over at UCC, Universal Collision Center. Here's the question. Which of the big four pro sports trophies is the hardest to win? And the Stanley Cup is blowing everybody away. Basically, two-thirds of the votes going to hockey. And uh, nobody else really close. Can you believe that? I mean, I'm not surprised. I probably would have voted for hockey, too. But literally, it's not even close. It's a blowout today, folks. Kelly Rempel sitting in... Rod Peterson's chair, Rod and Darren Dupont in Montreal, Quebec. They are soaking in the atmosphere of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Peter Labardius, my good buddy out in Mississauga, Ontario, riding shotgun with me. And we have the pleasure, the honor, I dare say, of having another very good friend of mine, Alan Miller, newly appointed director of player personnel with Hockey Canada's Program of Excellence Alan, you're on the road today. Where are you? Hey, boys. Hey, boys, Remps and, and Lou. Hi, Al. <laughs> uh, great, great, to, great to see you. Um, I was thinking about you guys the other day when, uh, unfortunately, we heard of Mr. Solinger passing away with uh, Skid Row. And I met Remps. I met Remps at that concert. Vince Neal, and I don't know who else. Well, that's too I bad. Think Vince has got, I, th- I think Vince has gotten in, the ro- gotten in the road. Yeah, well, you know what's funny, Peter? I'll tell you a funny. We're going to get back to Al in just a moment. I'll tell you a funny story. Yeah. So, and, and where Al's getting to is you and I saw a show with Poison, Vince Neal, and Skid Row at the Molson Amphitheater in Toronto. And you introduced me 
to Alan that night. Really? That was way back in the early 2000s. And Al Miller, I think the number now is over 40. But at the time I brought this up to Michael Ball, legendary local uh, football announcer and morning show host on The Wolf here in Regina. At the time, about seven or eight or nine years ago, I told Michael, I said, you know that the general manager of the Moose Jaw Warriors <laughs> has seen Motley Crue 35 times? He says, What? I said, I'm not kidding you. I said, the general manager of the Moose Jaw Warriors, Al Miller, has seen Motley Crue 35 times. And in typical ballsy fashion, he says, that's almost impossible. He says, Vince Neal hasn't seen Motley Crue 35 times. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Uh, the night we went to that concert, and, you know, I have no trouble saying this, um, you know, you are a far larger music fan of that particular genre than I am. Um, you know, what Vince consumed on the stage that night in Toronto, <laughs> I, you know, he's had an unbelievable career, but that won't go down as one of his greatest performing <laughs> nights for sure. The guy never sang a note that made any sense all night long. <laughs> well, I think any of our uh, heavy metal slash hard rock slash arena rock slash, you know, heavy metal yeah. or, you know, hair band will say that Vince has probably seen better days. Al, we were just talking about Michael Ball when I told him that you'd seen Motley Crue 35 times. And he said, I don't think Vince Neal has seen Motley Crue 35 times. <laughs> Let's, let, let, let's not be too, too hard on Vince, okay, boys? No, no, we're not going to do that. We're not, we'll get back. We'll circle back to some of this stuff later, but I want to ask you this. Uh, are, you in, are you and Kelly settled in Calgary? Like, are you, you're, I know you left for Calgary. I don't know where you are today, but uh, you've rolled up your sleeves. You're full on with uh, Program of Excellence now, correct? Yeah, yeah, we got uh, uh, we got settled in Calgary the the first week of June. Um, took possession of our, our new house there, and uh, uh, yeah, really enjoying it. Um, we're settled. Um, yeah, I've really been full at it with Hockey Canada since March one, and kind of wore two hats for a while. Helped the transition with the Warriors and getting into the hub and and naming Jason Ripplinger general manager. And uh, uh, so, yeah, we're, uh, we're all settled and, but we can't stay away from Moose Jaw guys. We're, uh, we're on our way to Moose Jaw. My, my lovely wife, Kelly is at the wheel so I can, uh, I can do your show and, and uh, we're heading to Buffalo Pound to spend the weekend with uh, some great friends out there. Well, uh, I know who you're spending time with out there. At least I have a pretty good idea. And yeah, you've, you've told me before that one of the things you take away from your time in Moose Jaw is all the good people that, you know, you met there. And uh, we talked to Theron Fleury in the first hour, and he said that that's what his biggest takeaway is, is um, they're just the people. And I think that, you know, when you and I talked back after, I think it was 2012 in the playoff run, you told me that you were a little bit blown away with all the signs and the community and how they rallied behind that team that year. Um, now that you've had a chance to step away from it, um, when you think back on your time in Moose Jaw, say 20 years from now, 
What will you likely most take away from living there, being the general manager of that team, the longest serving GM in history? Um, how do you feel about the place? Well, I, I, I love it. Kelly and I uh, really enjoyed our, our time in Mushta and, uh, uh, you know, and, and you mentioned it, Brent, like, and you and I have talked about it. Uh, uh, we have some incredible friends uh, uh, in the area um, and uh, real special people and, and real special relationships, uh, lifelong friendships that uh, um, mean a lot to us. And uh, so, so that will always be special to us. And, and, and you know, I... Uh, I can say this with the utmost of, utmost of confidence. Like I honestly believe that the, the Moose Jaw Warriors franchise in a, in a in a great, you know, smaller community but a unique community is is one of the best franchises in the Canadian Hockey League. And and it's a, it's about uh, the passion. It's about uh, their support. Um, and you know, you talk about the run in 2012. You talk about even the excitement around the team in 2018. Like, you know, I remember, you know, driving by uh, uh, the Mad Greek there and, and, and John had the Pats logo with a big X through it. Then he had the Medicine Hat logo with a big X through it that we knocked those two teams out and we moved on to the conference final against Edmonton. And I'm like, this is awesome. And, and you know the the red, white, and black, and signage and colors all around the city. It was awesome. I, I love Moose Jaw. I'll always be a warrior, um, and uh, uh, and lots of great memories. And uh, I can't wait to to watch what uh, uh, Jason Ripplinger and and uh, Mark O'Leary do over the next couple of years because. I think there's some exciting times ahead with some real good young players, and uh, and I can't wait to, to get into the rink uh, to do some some work for Hockey Canada, but also uh, watch that team grow. Fire away, Lou. Al, I can't even imagine as I see you uh, driving and you talked about having some downtime. Is there any way between the World Junior and the bubble? and the stoppage and winning a world under 18 in Texas and changing jobs and changing cities. Is there any way for you to put in words what the last six or seven months have been like for you and your wife? You know what, Lou, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's been exciting. I can, I can tell you that, um, you know, and I, and, I mentioned this along the way and, and, you know, the presser when I, you know, made the decision to, to, to move on. Um, I love being, as you two guys know, uh, and I know how passionate you guys are about uh, the CHL and, and, and junior hockey. And, uh, uh, and you guys know, I, I love being a manager in the Canadian hockey league. I, uh, I, it's a great job and, you know, it was only going to take certain opportunities for, for me to leave Mushta. And uh, um, so to get this opportunity with, with Hockey Canada, um, I've been fortunate to build some great relationships in that organization, being part of the management group the last three years. Um, so it's, it's, it's been exciting, Lou. It's, it's certainly been a, a, 
uh, a crazy time selling a house in Moose Jaw, buying a house in Calgary, moving to a bigger city, in and out of bubbles, in and out of isolation, quarantine, uh, going to Dallas, uh, uh, all those things. But uh, it, it's been great. I, you know, I guess I'll just say that, you know, I'm, uh, I, I'm so happy that the, the board in Moose Jaw promoted Jason Ripplinger. I'm, I, I'm proud of the fact that we were able to develop some people from within Mark Larry and, and Jason Ripplinger to take over that, that franchise. I feel great about where they're at and then being able to transition to, to what we're doing with Hockey Canada and winning the under-18 Worlds and now gearing up for our summer camps with under-18, under-20. Um, it's, it's, it's been great. And lots of excitement. Real busy. Um, but... Uh, uh, you know, really, really enjoying, uh, really enjoying the change and, and the challenges ahead. We got an interesting. Al, I think it was. No, go ahead, Peter. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I was just gonna. I was just gonna say, Al. Um, you know, so many special, talented young people in our country, and when I think about whether it's Wright or Bedard and Jagger, and you know, the list goes on and on. Um, how excited are you about the next few years and those types of people? And I'm only scratching the surface. You know, I haven't mentioned an Adam Fantilli or, you know, go on down the list. It's, it looks like a pretty exciting time in our country, which it always is. But these guys might be, you know, franchise changing people at the highest level. It's exciting. It, uh, it, it really is Lou. And, uh, um, you know, the process of, of getting to know these, these young guys um, through under 18, um, you know, bringing a Bedard in as a double underage and getting the opportunity to work with Wright again. Um, I'm looking forward to getting Adam Fantilli to, to our under 18 camp uh, at the end of July. Um, you know, uh, we're, we're always blessed with, with, with depth in, uh, in our program. Um, you know, we, we always have difficult decisions and, and options. Um, but it certainly looks like that there's a, a wave of young players coming through here that, uh, get to the special, uh, elite level. And, um, you know, it certainly makes it exciting for us, um, building these national teams as, as we move along. And, uh, and, and, and Lou, the other thing too, is like, it's, it's one thing to it's one thing to deal with these guys and what they can do on the ice, but it's the, the you know and it, I look at our experience with you know right at the at the national junior camp last November and we made the difficult decision not to keep them. Um, how we handled it, how we got a little pissed off, and how it motivated them. You got to love that kind of stuff. Um, how Connor Bedard went into under 18s as a double underage and you just saw him get better and better. And you saw what he did when we got to the medal round. Um, these are special guys in terms of their talent, but also in terms of maturity, professionalism, leadership, preparation, focus. Um, and, and those are intangibles that you need to win world championships as well. So uh, I'm excited about the, the groups we're working with. Uh, we're really looking forward to, July and August to bring some under 18 and under 20 players together. Um, so lots of good things to look forward to. I have to read one comment from the board. <laughs> 
How do we know Al's wife is driving because his eyes are intensely staring at the road ahead? Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, that's funny stuff. Al, I get, they're get. Oh, he didn't hear that? Oh, crap. That's too bad. Technical. He would have got a kick out of that. You know how technology is. That's unfortunate. Anyway, I had one funny special thing planned for the end, but we've lost, we've dropped Al Miller, unfortunately. So technology, folks, that's the way it works. Uh, we will take a break and then we will come back. Uh, Lou and I will do a little bit more bantering before at the bottom of the hour we have special guest Mike Babcock joining us here on the Rod Peterson Show. Don't go away. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Laid back and kicking it. Let's head back to the studio. Here's Rod. Kelly Rimple back. Here at the Rod Peterson Show, filling in for Rod and Double D. They are in Montreal, Quebec, getting ready for games three and four of the series. Of course, game two goes tonight in Tampa. Um, I don't imagine they're having any fun whatsoever. Peter Labardius riding shotgun with me as the co-host, my longtime friend. And uh, speaking of longtime friends, another gentleman who has spent some time in Montreal back in his McGill University days, the two-time Olympic gold medal winning coach and Stanley Cup champion, my good friend Mike Babcock. Michael, how are you? I'm doing good, Rams. I thought we were doing radio, you guys. You guys got faces for radio. I can't believe they're letting you on TV like this. <laughs> I know. It's somebody yeah, should... and. and, and... And in some cases, it's been going on for a long, long time. <laughs> I've always said, Mike, I, I had a dream once. I wanted to look like a Greek god and had to settle for a damn Greek. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do? Well, good to see you guys. Good to you see too. you, too. Uh, you're in Michigan, correct? I am, yeah. This is our home here in Michigan. We've never really left uh, Kids grew up here. We're lucky to be with the Red Wings for 10 years. So the kids kind of grew up here. I had two girls go to the University of Michigan. And so the chance of getting them back here, we talk about baiting our children as they grow up and they move out. You know, I like them to come back and spend some time with you. So we've stayed here in Michigan. we got a good spot here. We enjoy it a lot. So um, when does Mike and Rini Babcock jump on a plane and head back to Saskatoon, Saskatchewan to take on your next venture for, as we talked about the other day, for the next 18 or so months, you will be the head coach of the University of Saskatchewan Huskies. I know you're excited about that. When are you coming back this way? Well, we're going to jump in the truck, my son and I, on August 13th and be there for the 15th. That's the plan. And my wife will show up when she decides, obviously. You know, it's, it's uh, been an interesting decision. We're real excited about it. We're fired up about the recruiting and the process and getting to know everyone. But obviously with COVID, uh, you haven't been able to go in and out as much. So we're just going to arrive there and, and get up and running. I know there was a number of orders of business, not least of which was finding your apprentice. I guess the gentleman who's going to be taking over the, the gig uh, after a couple of years, you're going to be mentoring him uh, over the next few years. There were other orders of business. Um, could you talk a little bit about your decision uh, and who you picked as the coach? But also, the process also, Mike, wasn't just that. It also involved a lot of conversations via Zoom and whatnot with players um, coming in, not only recruiting, but current players, and 
you, as you said in one of the interviews I heard a few weeks ago, doing a lot of listening to what they had to say. What, it, what came out of all of that? Well, I think the, the first thing, Rips, is, is when Dave Hardy approached it or came to me with this opportunity, the first thing I did, obviously, is look at the boss, looked at my wife and said, what do you think? She didn't give me the Heisman. So we looked at it. Then what happened is about three weeks later, because my son was around, he said to me, yeah, when I got together with him, we actually went skiing together. He said, this is something I'm interested in. And uh, so once he told me he was interested, then I got interested. And so he's going to join us on our staff here. He's going to take his MBA and do that. And my wife's uh, mom and dad are 90 and 87, and they're around. My family's around. So it was a big family decision. The second part Obviously, as I had a lot of fun, was at the University of Lethbridge and Redger College, so that was a big part of it. But So what we did is we just baby steps. Is, uh, once we took the job, we met with the leadership group first via Zoom. Then the second part, we met with all the players that way, and then we tried to meet with each one individually, which we have. And, and these guys aren't kids. They're men, and they know what they want, and so they've been straightforward with me. It's been, it's been very interesting and, and a lot of fun. Now, obviously, getting your schedule up and running, figuring out what's going on because of COVID, what, when you can start, when you can't, has uh, been, been fun to be involved in as well. Fire away, Peter. Mike, a, a couple for you right off the bat is just um, your thoughts on the National Hockey League playoffs, the series involving Montreal and Tampa, and then twofold, I just want to know how you've enjoyed dabbling a little bit uh, on the television side and, and what that work has been like for you in the studio. So, I mean, first, uh, we've really got into the play. It's interesting. I was just talking to NHL GM this morning here, and I said to him, I've watched more Stanley Cup playoff you know, hockey than I ever have because you were always in it and you watch your series. Now we've basically uh, gone through the process of breaking down each game to set up our structure for the University of Saskatchewan, and so that's been fun. At the same time, you did it because you were working at NBC, which you talked about, and so you got to know what you're talking about when you arrive there. And, and that was a lot of fun. But uh, as far as the series goes right now, obviously game one, you don't want to put too much in it. Tampa's got a real good hockey club, uh, veteran-laden, proven, unbelievable in that big, long, skilled on the back, real good depth up front, and make it hard on you physically as well. Montreal, their big four on the back end. Yeah, I think has been fantastic. They make you pay. That didn't seem to bother Tampa in game one. And then Price is as good as they come. So I think you got the best two goaltenders in the world, and you both got really good D. Uh, I thought the kids looked young last game for Montreal, and I thought Tampa was relentless, and they got to the net over and over again and made it harder on Price. Mike, you've been through this journey, you've won a Stanley Cup, you've been around so many special people, both on and off the ice. In order to win a Stanley Cup, that journey, when you think about maybe one or two things that people don't talk about in allowing you to be successful, what might come to mind there for you? Well, I think this this year's playoffs have been outstanding for anybody who wants to build a hockey club. I mean, you need... You need a, a D that can flat out play. You need a big D. You need good goaltending. And, and then skill down the middle doesn't hurt you either, but you need depth and you need grit. 
and the ability to forecheck and get the puck back and spend time in the offensive zone. And the bottom line is you got to keep it out of your own net. And so I think that's that's the message for everyone. I don't think it's ever changed. You know, I was fortunate enough to get to the Stanley Cup final three times. You know, I had good, good teams four times. We had a chance with Detroit when we lost in the quarters to Anaheim. And, and every one of those journeys, even though they're all different, they're the same. Uh, team defense, depth, you got to play everyone. Everyone on the team's got to be important, hard on the back. Got to get the puck out of your zone and spend time in the offensive zone. And so it, it's been fun, fun to watch, and it's been, you know, a lot of affirmation what's going on. You Mike, know, Mike, I just have one last – sorry, Kelly, just nope. if I can, I just want to yep. ask one last one. Um, you know, NHL players might go back to the Olympics again. You won a couple of gold medals, 2010, 2014. You won a world junior going back to Switzerland in 97. Um, for you, how special were those experiences? And would you like to see NHLers be there on a regular basis? Well, I think the NHL should be there for sure. I think the Olympic Games is the, the best of the best. You have a chance to represent your country with the best athletes in the world against the best. I think it's as good a moment as you could ever have. And you get to share it with all the other Canadian athletes, or if you're an American, all the other American athletes. So both my experiences were very different. Uh, Vancouver, I mean, it was in Western Canada, it was in Canada, the chance to go there and to compete for your country. We had a real good team in the end. There was lots of tough moments. The crossover game against the Russians was scary. We got a big win there, giving up the lead against the Americans, uh, I think with 20, I can't remember how many seconds, very short in the game. It was a tough one, but to win gold for Canada was special. And the great thing about the Canadian one, for me anyway, uh, is you got to share it with your family. Your family was there and all the great things in your life Actually, all the things in your life you want to share with people that care about you and whether it be good or bad and, and to share that moment was special. Sochi was different. Uh, you got to know the athletes way better. We were all in the village. You spent way more time together, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, that was the best team I've ever coached, by far most dominant that I've ever been involved with. But your family wasn't there, so sharing it with them wasn't the same. So they've been special. Anytime I coached Canada five times, the World Cup, World Junior, World Championship – and had a lot of success and enjoyed it a lot and got to meet a lot of good players that set up recruiting, but it's special. You get to put on the sweater for your country or you get to sing that national anthem. You only get to sing it when you win. It's pretty special. You know, I just had a little bit of a trip down memory lane there, Mike. Um, when, when Peter actually invited me to join him uh, for the Olympics that year in Vancouver, and I remember I was sitting in an Earl's, and all of a sudden, I hear this kind of this like it started with one clap and then two and then three. And the next thing you know, the, the restaurant's going crazy. And I turn around, I look behind me, and there's you and Rini walking out of the Earl's. And I remember I ran. I was like a little kid. I ran out in the street. Babs, how you doing? I'm sure I was the last person you expected to see. But when you talked about being with your family, I could tell at that moment how special that was to you. All your kids were there. Well, you know, we did a real good job at Hockey Canada that year is, is the family program was outstanding. And the time we'd let the guys go home, 
night before the game all the time and spend time with her family. We had family around all the time. We had a special room, uh, Molson House, for them after games, and you got to meet everybody's family. And that was great. You know, it's interesting, Ramps, is when you're young and you don't have any kids, it's a little bit different. But now that my kids are my kids are 28, 26, 24, they're older, they're adults, everything's about them, period. Is In the yeah. end, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter how many cups you win and how many gold medals, stuff like that. What matters is your family and being around them and sharing your life with them. And so, I mean, it's nice to do all those other things, but your family's the key. And I'm real blessed that way. I've got an unbelievable wife, which usually leads to an unbelievable life and then spectacular kids. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And I want to talk about that. Uh, the last thing I want to talk to you about, but before we get there, I, I would feel remiss if I didn't ask you a little bit about Moose Jaw because I see the board and filling up with questions. And, you know, I know it didn't end the way that you wanted it to there. It didn't end the way that I wanted it to end for all of us there either. But I, as I'm older, because you just struck a chord with me when you said what you just said. So I, myself... Um, have two children now, and they've done, they're doing well. My daughter, gra- daughter graduated with honors yesterday, as a matter of fact, from Campbell Collegiate. Met a great girl from Swift Current. Life is great. But I can remember when you and I, I picked you up at the airport the day that you flew in to do your first press conference, and I'd been just hired that day myself. I was 18 years old. I think you were 29. Four months later, you're the GM of the team. So there's you at 29. Reaver was about the same age. Ray Bennett came on as an assistant GM. We we were all in our 20s except me. I was a kid. The players were older than me, for crying out loud. I thought I knew everything. I knew nothing. But it was a different time. That would never happen now. That might happen in the SJ, but that would never happen in the Western Hockey League where you got everybody running the team is in their 20s. So when you think back to those times, do you ever, like, what kind of memories do you take out of that? Because I know it ended bad, but when you, what's your overall remembering your start and the WHL and Moose Jaw and everything that comes along with it? I'm fascinated to get this answer. Well, the first thing is, Rems, it didn't end bad. We got fired. That's coaching. Move on with it. You know, uh, when I left Red Dirt College, I had an unbelievable job at Red Dirt College. I just got or I was just getting married and my mom was dying of cancer and I thought it was kind of a message, come closer to Saskatoon. So I was able to visit my mom uh, before she passed. When I got to Moose Jaw, obviously it's a great little town. I love the people. Uh, Jack Berry's still probably farming. Well, not still, probably he is for sure. His kids are farming there. Good friend of mine. You think about the people, Jim Large, you know, real good people. I, I remember enjoying the community. Like, I had never, ever been booed as a coach or come out and have my car all spilled. Remember, we had the Moose Jaw Warrior logo on the car, and you'd have chocolate milk all over your car. But I thought that was a good initiation <laughs> program for me uh, to figure out what was going on. But, you know, it was interesting. My wife taught in the community. We loved it. Nally was born there. And what else can you ask for? The other thing is, is... You know, I'm a big believer in life. When one thing happens, something else is going to happen next that's going to be positive for you. And I've always believed I could disarm the bomb. Didn't really know where I was going next, but uh, thought it was going to work out. I ended up at the University of Lethbridge and uh, won a national championship there, and it was spectacular. And that's part of the reason that I'm going back to the U of S is I had so much fun there. Well, Mike, um, I got to tell you this, and, and I'm not just saying this because the two of you are here. 
Uh, I was thinking about this on the drive, that how ironic this is that I want Peter to co-host with me, and then you're the first person I asked to be a guest, because I don't normally do this. I'm a financial advisor. I'm not a media guy, but I do enjoy uh, doing it from time to time. The two hardest working people that, not, that I have ever worked with, ever, are the two guys that are on this show with me right now. And... I remember that, Mike, um, when, I, when you left Moose Jaw and I came to you and I thanked you for, for what you'd done for me, you said, I, I don't, well, here's, a, here's how you can repay me back. Be a good husband, be a good dad, work hard. <laughs> I, I, think, I, think, I think I've done those things, but I, 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 I ha it's been a long time since I thanked you for showing me that because... I didn't understand what that meant back in the day, but as I'm older now, now I get it, and I, I just wanted to thank you for that. Well, I appreciate you saying that. Uh, it's kind of you to say, uh, you know, obviously I've had lots of uh, great experiences with lots of people over the years. I'm a big believer that if you love what you do, you don't have to work hard. You just do what you do. And I've been really blessed with that is, is I've got to do what I want my whole life and really, really enjoyed every second of it so it didn't feel like work. And I'm sure Pete's exactly the same that way. Is you can't be good at it for a long period of time if you don't love it because you can't work hard enough to keep yourself separated from the group. So uh, I'm glad to hear it's worked out with the wife and the kids. Rams for you, that's spectacular because in the end, that's all that really matters. We're pumped to be coming home to Saskatchewan. That'll be great. Look forward to being there. and. And a little bit of that great Western beer there. That'll be a lot of fun for us there and, and hang out with people we know and love. So that'll be good. I love it. I love the idea you had that the Babcocks, Reeves, and Remples get together after one of your games or we get together in, in the season. I can't wait for that. I'm glad to hear you're skiing, fishing, hunting, and doing all the stuff that you didn't get a, enough chance to do uh, for the last number of years. It, it warmed my heart when you told me that you're having the time of your life right now, and I, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, touching base with you when you come back to Saskatchewan. And I can't thank you enough for coming on the show today, Mike. And again, thanks for, uh, thanks for your leadership back in the day. Much appreciated. Thanks for having me on, guys. Good to you, Pete. You bet. You too, Mike. All the best. Thanks, well, sir. I almost got through that without crying, but that's good. That's good. That's a, nothing wrong with that. Oh, Showing that, a, that was a nice moment. <laughs> well, it's the truth. The guy was hard on me, boy, but you know what? When you got a pat on the back from him, there was nothing better. And, you know, well, we'll talk. Tell you what, I'll get into that after the break because Clark's in my ear. We're way over time. Uh, but I want to talk a little bit about my relationship with Mike back in the day. It wasn't always great, but man, do I appreciate it now. Uh, you're watching the Rod Peterson Show. Don't go away. Head to YouTube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got to subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Oh, yeah. He's back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Kelly Rempel on the Rod Peterson Show with my good friend, best friend, Peter Labardius riding shotgun with me. Peter's in Mississauga. Of course, we're here in Regina. Rod and uh, Double D, Darren DuPont in Montreal. They will be doing the show, folks, from Montreal on, well, tomorrow and Friday. As we get ready for uh, 
game three tonight, or pardon me, two tonight in Tampa, but games three and four on Friday and uh, Monday in Montreal. Peter, that one snuck up on me. I didn't think that I was going to get emotional talking to Mike Babcock. That's for damn sure. But um, you know what? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I'm not going to let it happen to me again today. But here's the thing. And don't get me started on social media and, and you know, um, you know, everybody went to school with a guy that as soon as he had a couple of beers, he became the toughest guy in the room. Social media brings out that same sort of uh, quality or lack thereof in people. Everybody's an expert. Everybody's, you know, uh, a tough guy. They got all kinds of courage on Twitter. And, you know, Mike Babcock is not a perfect human being. Then again, neither am I, neither are you, neither is Clark back here, although Clark's probably closer than either one of us to being perfect. How about that? <laughs> but but the, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is, you know, back in the day when I worked for Mike Babcock, when I was the, the uh, director of communications and marketing and PR, this is back in the day where you had four people on your staff, or, or it's five, not 15. We were all young. You know, Mike was in his late 20s. I was in my teens. I wasn't kidding when I told you that the players were older than me. Half the team was older than oh, me. And I, was, and I was selling tickets and board signs. And I'm not bragging. I'm just stating a fact. And, you know, he was hard on me. And I can remember there was a lot of nights where I went home and I was, like, really pissed off at him. I was thinking, like, what was that all about? Or, you know, I remember he came up to me one day and he said, you have to be better. And I remember what, what happened. I won't get into why. But he was right. He wasn't making it up. He wasn't doing it to be mean. I didn't do a very good... I did a good job most of the time. But on this one occasion, I could have put a little bit more effort into it. And things I thought were a priority, I put my focus on. And I shouldn't have. And he let me know about it. And it wasn't always my favorite guy. Even though we did have lots of good times. Don't get me wrong. But he was hard on me. He was hard on Jamie Reeve. But now that I'm a dad and I'm a husband and I'm, I'm a, I'm a quasi-successful businessman, own a couple of businesses and all that, I look back and I go, I needed that at the time. What I didn't need at the time was for somebody to tell me that everything I was doing was great when it wasn't. You know? And so when I see people pile on him sometimes, it really bothers me because that's not him. I know what he is because I worked for the guy and it wasn't easy. But you know what? He's a good man and his intentions were not bad. I'm sure he'd have a few do-overs in his life and the way he might have handled that situation or that situation. But what would some idiot that's texting... You know, we're on Twitter, Mike, or uh, Peter. What would they know about the kind of pressure that that guy's had on him? For, don't, I don't care how much money he's made. doesn't change the pressure situation and everything. In a minute or 90 seconds, what, I don't know. I like Mike. Listen, um, Mike is one of the most driven people that I've ever met in 37 years of doing this. He has incredible work ethic, great conviction, um, and is a good man. He's a great family man. He cares deeply 
about what he does and the people that matter most to him in his life. And, um, you know, can it be too much at times for people? Sure it can. But, you know, Kelly and I could probably talk about this for a whole segment. Um, Easy. You know, is here's what I would say to you. There is incredible value in people who tell you the truth and care enough about you to tell you things that you don't always want to hear. And I've been a big believer my whole life, even when it's hard, that those are the people that you want to jump into a foxhole with. And I believe that more at my age than I ever have. Hey, he's he's a, a different guy. And, and, like, I remember Bill Peters and you and I talking one time about him. And Bill phoned Mike on the phone and he said, you know, what's going on with my, you know, can you give me a, some advice or whatever? This is when they were working together. And Mike said, Bill, I have one question for you. Are you the hardest working team in the, in the league yet? Bill said no. And said, well, that's the problem. When you solve that, phone me back and hung up on him. Which is kind of funny, but that's his way of telling Bill, get your guys to work harder or you're not going to win. Anyway, we're going to take a break. We're going to finish this up. Uh, you're listening to The Rod Peterson Show. Peter Labardius, Kelly Rempel. We'll be back right after the break. Don't go away. We still got some good stuff left for you. Come on back. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got something to say? You want to add to the show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod. Doing things a little different here today on the Rod Peterson Show. Rod and Darren DuPont, of course, not here. They are in Montreal, Quebec, getting ready to do shows, uh, well, tomorrow and Friday. Tell me it wouldn't be a little bit of fun. There'd be some buzz in that city, and there will be even more buzz if the Habs win tonight in Tampa and tie that series up. Let's go to the comment board here before we get back to Peter Labardius in Mississauga, my friend and co-host today. I can't read them all. Tell you what we'll do. Uh, Lots of compliments on the show here today, and I appreciate that. This is not what I do, folks. I'm a financial advisor, but we're having lots of fun today, so I won't read all the names, but thank you very much for your kind words. Uh, Tacona Pauly, Jay Johnson, Moose Jaw Warrior. Any recollection of his play? I remember Jay Johnson. It was the first season they, the Warriors came to Moose Jaw in 84-85. Old, old number 12, I think it was. Gritty, hard-nosed guy, short, stocky guy. Used to go up and down the wall just pounding bodies. Um, Brendan Crow sitting here in the Wheat King's office with former Warrior Grady Manson. Charlie! Yep. How are you, my friend? Old number seven. Oh, loved, loved Grady. He says Mike is the best coach that he ever had, junior or a pro, a great mentor to this day. Hockey 2, Helen Back says, Kelly, let it out and have a good cry. I did. Thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> oh, man. Wayne Grolo. Thanks for giving us a great show today. Did a great job filling in. Thank you, Craig Smith. All kinds of different people here weighing in. A couple people, uh, Peter, 
Um, you know, there's going to be, there's always, you're always going to get this today. I'd say 90% positive, but there's been a couple. Yeah. Well, what about Mitch Warner? What about this? What about, okay, I get it. I'm not saying I never said Mike Babcock was a perfect human being or never made a mistake. What I'm telling you is there's a pretty good chance that I know him well enough because I worked for him for two years to say that he was hard. He was tough, but his motivation was not bad. He had everybody that I ever came. I can only speak for myself and my dealings with him. I found him to be a very, very fair and honest guy. What the heck? What more do you want, Peter? There's, we live in a world well, where there's so many people that aren't unfair and honest, and there's so much BS that I guess we can throw honest people under the bus because they don't go about their business exactly the way we want them to, but... I love him. Sorry. Yeah, and as you should, he, he made a huge difference in your life. And that's what life is really all about. And if we all try to pretend that our streets are completely clean, then we're kidding ourselves. We are absolutely kidding ourselves. We all make mistakes. We all disappoint. We all hurt people. And we all get hurt by people. But until you are in someone else's shoes, experiencing what they go through, just take a minute or two to think about some of the comments that get made. But the beauty about sports, and I've done it for a lifetime, is the fact that without opinion and out without passion and people that care, we don't have this. So you have to take one with the other. Jeff Stamps, uh, DM me. No, the Montreal screw job was not a fix and a work. No, trust me, I was there. It was not. That's all. But DM me. We'll we'll talk about it another time. Anyway, we got thirty seconds left. Thanks for your feedback. Can't read them all. This thing just blew up today, Peter. Uh, yeah, would you do, would you would you be willing to do this? Uh, maybe not for the whole show next time. I don't want to put that on you but would you come back on monday can we banter a little bit more if you want me back for the whole show on monday i'd be happy to come back. of course i want you back of course i do this has been great i've enjoyed every second of it you're watching the rod peterson show with peter and kelly later great job jordan by the way i love the job you did on that for more rod peterson on demand visit rodpeterson.com when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.